0: What? Should we just do it? I think we should just do it. Should we just do it? No protection. No protection. Just Let's it.
1: just do it. Let's just do it. Oh my god! Welcome back to the Creep Show crew. Hello. It's only been a, a
0: short <laughs> year and two
1: months. It's only been a short. Pandemic, pandemic, pandanominic
0: panettone
1: I love a panatoni, but only at, only at only at Christmas time though any other time it's like sacrilegious I'm sorry what I might just leave okay um, bye
0: so <laughs> bye! a lot's happened since we were last here um has it
1: though? I mean yes and
0: no because uh personally not much has happened we've just been indoors
1: We've been indoors. She's been doing her masters. I've just been working, and then we've just both been depressed and anxious, and then not depressed and anxious, and then depressed and anxious. It's been a nice cocktail. Insert down. So yes, welcome back. We're going to do something a bit new. We are. As well as horror films, we are also going to be talking about different true crime and paranormal stories that mm. take our interest. We will be sharing a story that the other we haven't told the other one about in order to kind of, you know, surprise them and make them shooketh. I will be shooketh very easily. She is easily shooketh. It's kind of funny. Honestly, I I breathed oxygen the other day and she was shook. I was shook. (laughs) To my very core. (laughs) To my very core. So, we're going to keep it short and simple. Just listen to us tell you a story. Cool. So,
0: that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much
1: it. I'll start because mine is
0: very, very dark. You hinted at this the other day. I did. And I I am both intrigued and afraid.
1: You're always intrigued and afraid. That's, That's just, just my <laughs> approach to life. Literally, just I'm intrigued you. and afraid. <laughs> it's just you doing anything. I'm intrigued and I'm afraid. It's like that meme. Oh, uh, well, count me down as scared and horny. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, <mean, laughs> <No>, honestly. <laughs> okay, so
0: we will also from the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if there are
0: children present under the age of fifteen,
1: leave, leave. Just <laughs> because we don't like you, actually. No. Just don't. That's the main it. reason. Just don't pee here, like go away. Okay, I'm I'm ready for your story, okay. I think. So um as a disclaimer, there are some trigger warnings of the story. For example, there is the mention of violence, murder, paedophilia, sexual assault, and abuse. So if you feel like you don't really want to be listening to the story completely fair enough, just take the time to take care of yourself. And if you do want to come back to it, just feel free because we're always gonna be on Spotify, even when we're on night we're 90. So Yeah, just feel free. Take care of yourself and just come back whenever you're ready. If you're ever ready. Okay, so I am going to tell you the story of Carrie and Stephen Stainer. Okay. Okay. Have you ever heard of them?
0: The names ring a bell. Okay. But
1: I can't remember the whole story, so. All right, I'm ready. Okay. So, just to set the scene, we have two brothers, both tied to Yosemite. One is a hero and the other is a monster. So, we'll begin our story. So, the Saylor family lived in the secluded town of Merced, California, also known as the Gateway to Yosemite National Park. If I pronounce anything wrong, I don't know how to speak. we know how to podcast oh yeah completely we definitely know how to podcast what is this brilliant it's what it is of course so growing up brothers carrie and stephen Stainer share a home with their parents and three sisters in Merced, california a small farming town near yosemite national park while there's not much information about what stephen was like as a child there is some insight into carrie's early life for example there is a 2020 special Carrie is the older of the two, and he is described as a loving brother who enjoys spending time with Stephen. Their mother, Kate, knew Carrie to be artistic. He's never in trouble, and he's just very quiet. So, you know, typical sort of young child, you know. The golden boy. Golden boy, yeah. So, on December 4th, 1972, literally a year after my mother was born, my. Oh! I know, my mum was born December 4th, 1971. That's creepy. Oh, right. I don't know, But it is It's a bit creepy, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Not your mum. I don't find your mum creepy. Oh, you might not. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mum's not creepy. We're going to have to cut our Body up. your mum. So, on December 4th, 1972, at the age of seven, Stephen was approached by after school by Edward Irvin Murphy, who claimed he was collecting money for church. After Stephen said his mother would be interested in donating, Murphy offered to take the boy home. It was then that Stephen's nightmare began, as Murphy brought him to Kenneth Parnell, a known pedophile. Parnell, along with Murphy, took Stephen to a cabin in Cathy's Valley, where he was brainwashed. Kenneth Parnell told Stephen, Your parents, I just spoke to them. They no longer want you. Oh, fuck! I know! Oh my god! It's just really sad. That is, hang on, how old was he again at the time? This I happened? think he was. I want to say seven. He was seven.
0: Oh, that's like an awful age to be manipulative towards someone.
1: What to be manipulative? What? 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 That sentence made no sense did it that's, that's an
0: awful age to be manipulative towards someone. So being manipulative to a seven-year-old.
1: I thought the way you were saying it that Stephen was being manipulative. No, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> That makes no sense. <laughs> oh my god. I got so... That's um, an awful age to be manipulative to someone. I was like, but he's not you being the one manipulative. No. He's the one being manipulated. Okay,
0: I'll rephrase that. To, um, <laughs> that's an awful age to be manipulated.
1: Does that sound any better? Does addictive? that make you feel better? You know when you've got that, to that point where you, you question if a word actually exists because you repeat it. Yes, because I I had that
0: with the word fresh last week.
1: Fresh. Fresh fresh. 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 That is such a weird word. Oh, we've done it again. We've done it again. We have. Okay, let's get back into it. Let's get back to it. Okay. When Stephen did not make it home, his parents sounded the alarm. Merced was the lead police department in this investigation. And they searched and searched, but there was nothing to be found. Carrie was evidently devastated. You would find him going out and wishing on a star, wishing that his brother would come home. And he was—he was the younger of the two. I'm free. Was Carrie the younger of the two? Um, I can't remember. I think Carrie was the younger of the two, but. You know, it's just devastating to know that, oh, where has my brother gone? I mean, he's not even at an age where his parents can explain it to him because the parents can going to be focusing on other things, aren't they? Especially when they were so close as well. Yeah. It's devastating. It's really, really sad. Okay, so, Stephen, for seven years, was held captive and sexually abused by Parnell. He was forced to call him dad and told that his parents had abandoned him. Stephen was told his new friend was Dennis Parnell, and he was enrolled in school. Despite his circumstances, he flourished at school. He was amazing at school. He a previous admirer, Laurie Duke, said that he had a great personality and that he was spunky. And um, you could see that he wanted to play and be with kids and be normal. It's almost as if he's trying to find a way to basically cope with what's happening to him by kind of flourishing at school and kind of hyperfixating on school. The sad thing about that is that no
0: one would notice then.
1: Yeah, that like there mm-hmm. might be something going on at home. Exactly, because it's usually mm-hmm. school is usually the one place you notice first. Yes, teachers notice on. when when yeah. kids are uh, if they're not clean, if they're not coping with anything, mm-hmm. you know, so. emotionally, like, not, annoyed, not okay. Literally, they're not okay. So yeah. The fact that so would they have noticed? Probably not. No, if he was flourishing at school, would they even bother just kind of being concerned? Yeah, because yeah. I mean. Obviously, you can't, like,
0: slate the teachers
1: for no. looking into it. because yeah, I felt, of course not. Yeah. Obviously, they're
0: not going to second guess, like, his home life
1: if yeah. he comes across completely fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so, when Stephen was a freshman at Mendocino High School, some 300 miles to the south, Carrie was an upperclassman at Merced High School. And he had a reputation of being known as the kid who had his brother kidnapped, so you could tell he was kind of in oh. his brother's shadow. Which, considering his brother wasn't even there, yes, kind of saying that's a lot. It is that's going to be difficult to to live with. Yeah, just kind of being known as oh, you're the, you're one, the one whose brother's, brother's kidnapped, kidnapped. gone missing, been yeah. kidnapped, and that's kind of all he's kind of known for. Mm. So, yeah. Carrie was known as a very good cartoonist, very creative, and was always wearing a hat because he was compulsively pulling his hair out. Understandably, Carrie had a, t- a tough time emotionally during his childhood. Some may say that this is the reason he exhibited some troubling and uncomfortable behaviours. For example, he exposed himself to his sister's friend. And this is the sort of thing, if when in any serial killer book I've read, The resource. When it comes to oh, I've just kind of given it away, haven't I? I mean, this is a true crime. So it's going to be pretty
0: obvious. obvious. Someone's
1: probably going to die. So I feel like sex and kind of exposing oneself to another person—it is a very big red flag Mm. because a lot of people compare for example the act of stabbing someone multiple times as a form of sexual penetration you know yeah so yeah you're stabbing someone repeatedly is that motion yeah and kind of exposing yourself and kind of, of, of doing these sort of sexual behaviors something just crossed weirdly the wires you yeah, had they're crossed in yes. a very weird way I'm yeah i'm not saying it right but i actually get
0: i think you're yeah. explaining it quite well. Oh, I, nice. I get what you mean. Yeah. If anyone else out there doesn't get it, then,
1: well, that's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we are not helpful. <laughs> We're not audience friendly, okay? We're not audience friendly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. He was known to have a compulsion of getting physically close to a woman in a sexual way, but so he was unable to develop any sort of interpersonal relationships with them. That's another hint. If you're not really able to kind of develop any sort of kind of interpersonal relationships with people but you are attracted to them sexually i mean that sounds like fuck boys really <laughs> <laughs> but in a psychological point of view there is sort of um anti-social sort of behavior sort of sociopathic is that the right word yes sociopathic yeah. sort of behavior which you know loads of people have sociopathic tendencies mm-hmm. which is fair enough do you know what I mean it's fair enough but having
0: sociopathic tendencies and being a complete sociopath?
1: Yeah. It,
0: it's kind of like uh it is like a spectrum in a
1: way. It is it is a bit like a spectrum When like people come up
0: on the spectrum. Yeah. And like you said if he's able to get physically close to women mm. and cannot form like emotional attachments to yeah. Them,
1: that's that's a red flag. That's concerning. Yeah. It is a little bit isn't it? Just a tad. Just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the contrast between the brothers is astounding. You have one who is being subjected to unspeakable horror. And he has been for years. But by all appearances, is a jovial kid. And he has a girlfriend, you know? Whereas the other boy, what? The no other different. brother was at home, had no interest in girls, was antisocial, and he was known as a creepy loner. It just makes you wonder. It's almost as if Carrie right now is exhibiting the sort of behaviours that Stephen should be, or stereotypically should be, exhibiting. Yeah. That is weird. It is very weird. It's a very weird... I probably shouldn't say that, but it's weird. Why? Because,
0: like, obviously, like you said, Stephen is probably using school to gain some normality Mm. in a life that he would want to have. Yeah. Whereas Carrie... I guess you know he might have the the normal, regular home life,
1: yeah.
0: Other than the fact that he's living in his missing brother's shadow, yeah. So I shouldn't really say, like, it's that's weird. weird, yeah. But realistically, it is a bit odd. I find it quite odd. <laughs> it is a bit odd. <laughs> I find it, 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 it quite is fucking a bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so by the time Stephen was 14. Parnell realised that Stephen was growing up and that he no longer wanted to be controlled by Parnell. So he's kind of out of his age bracket, mm. really. So he wanted another child he could abuse. Oh. I know. And this is where he abducted five-year-old Timothy White. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Who, like Stephen, was walking home from school. 25. I know. It's horrifying. So for two weeks, Stephen had to basically watch Timothy suffer the separation from his family and basically just suffer the way he was suffering. Mm -hmm. And he has been suffering for seven years, you know. And that's kind of when he took matters into his own hands. And he basically said, I was not going to let that child go through what I had already been through. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't take care of it now, it would just get worse. So on March 1st, nineteen eighty. Stephen waited until Parnell was at work and then fled with Timothy, carrying the boy when he got tired. The pair hitchhiked to Yukia police station. Is this, oh, I'm so sorry, just <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. This is so bad. Oh dear. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay, funny. <sorry>. Funny. <laughs> That is where Stephen was hailed a hero for rescuing the young child. When Stephen explained to the police what had happened to him and Timothy, he also told the police, I know my first name is Stephen, which is one of the most iconic moments in his story because for so long, from such a young, impressionable age, he was told he was someone completely different. And the fact that he retained that sort of information on top of all the trauma he probably underwent. It's very impressive. It is impressive. It's very impressive. It's also,
0: well, like you said, that's quite iconic.
1: It is. Just to just
0: remember that one piece of information. Yeah. My I name know. is Stephen. Yeah. My name is Stephen.
1: Yeah. Having that sort of semblance of your identity. Like he, he held on there. to
0: that. Through all of that manipulation and
1: abuse, mm-hmm.
0: and all those years of being convinced yeah. that's not you
1: anymore. Exactly. And you remembered it. You remembered it. Honestly, what a yeah. man. Yeah. Imagine being
0: the police officer that, like.
1: I know. Was there when he was like, I know my, my real name is Stephen. I know, being able to put it all together. They probably wouldn't have realized how big of a moment it was. Right at the, the time. time. But still, shook. Yeah, shook it. Told you I'd be shook. I know. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm quaking in my boots. Quaking in your boots. <laughs> Not actually wearing any boots, but. No. <laughs> Shush. It's support that counts. <laughs> okay. So, Stephen's story in America was monumentous. Within days, he was on Good Morning America. And on the show, he shared that it felt great to be home. And his parents, apparently to him, he had, they hadn't changed that much. But his brothers and sisters, they'd changed a lot, he said. I never recognised either of them. Ooh, that's pretty sad. I know, it is pretty sad. But what can he do? I mean, it's kind of what is expected, isn't it? You're not going to recognise them. No, that's true. And I
0: suppose that they'd all had to change from the trauma
1: of him missing. Yeah, Obviously, they I know all... his
0: trauma was pretty fucking bad.
1: But... Yeah, but. It they all grew up mm. in very different ways they yeah, probably, probably would
0: have had to have grown up a lot quicker
1: as well in yeah. what happened exactly yeah. Exactly. so at the press conference oh my god <laughs> at the press conference outside the Stainer house everyone was smiling, there was jubilation but many comments on Carrie in his baseball cap not smiling at all, as an older brother he now has a very strange relationship with his brother who he missed but is a completely different person and receiving all of this attention, so it's kind of a shock to the system, which you yeah. kind of think at first sibling rivalry. You know? Yeah, yeah. It it
0: sounds like messed up
1: for something like
0: that, like to be to have a rivalry over something like
1: that. But it also but sounds logical. But that, that is that is just. Siblings. Yeah, it is literally just siblings. do not siblings. Like you um, said before, he's had to grow up in the
0: shadow of his brother's disappearance, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's back.
1: Yeah, he's, And now he's, he's got to live in the shadow of his brother's reappearance. Of his brother's reappearance. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. the rivalry, that
1: it makes logical sense. It does. Or maybe we just. Are a messed up and it shouldn't make any sense <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers four years apart in age shared a room but they did not get along Stephen was used to being a supposedly only only child you know when he was under when he was with kind Parnell. Of mm. but he now had brothers and sisters and he didn't understand the rules of the household or the dynamic and he was also constantly attacked for his sexuality at school, and was forced to face his abuser in court, which is terrifying. That's awful. Especially it's awful. When, when, when did
0: this happen? Like uh,
1: this was so like This is the seventies, eighties.
0: Yeah. Back then, like. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they didn't have stuff
1: in place like you can nowadays, like where you can be oh. blocked off from your abuser in court. I couldn't tell you. I'm not really sure. If anyone in the audience could tell us, let us know. That would be great. That would be helpful. Please inform. Yeah. Um, it is just horrifying having to go through that, and obviously you've got the stigma of potentially being gay, mm. and you've got that awful sort of stigma and myth. Comparing gay men to paedophiles and per- and virgins, yeah. all that sort of stuff, which it's completely not a myth. So mm-hmm. it's all just a big entangled mess of just stigmas and trauma, and it's just it's just not great.
0: He just went from one like yeah traumatic life to another, really.
1: Yeah. So Parnell was convicted on kidnapping and false imprisonment in charges. He was sentenced to seven years in prison, but he only served five. What? Which was less time than he held Stephen captive. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Hang on, did this happen in America? Yeah, it did happen in America. I I swear that their justice system was like more
0: intense
1: than... It depends, because I don't know if rape and paedophilia kind of came into that. Because there was a point where rape was not as huge a crime as murder if that makes sense i can't remember off the top of my head i'm not a law law student but it was kind of similar to the golden state killer where a lot of them were kind of focused on the murdering aspect rather than the fact that these women are are being raped Hmm. you know so it wasn't really considered a huge Uh, crime but i was years and years ago actually no that was the 70s now that i think about it i'm pretty sure it was the 70s i'm just shocked because Oh, I just got cramped in my foot. Oh no! Ow! <laughs> oh no! We'll cut this out. Do you want some water? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to give you. Do you want some water? Do you want some soda water? Helps cramps. I don't know if you have that on you. This is okay. I'm gonna be okay. Are you? Okay. Okay. She's okay. fine. Okay. She's back. <laughs> like... She's back. What the fuck was
0: that? <laughs> oh no! That's just the intermission. Um, the, intermission. In, the intermission now is every time Liv gets crabbing her foot. Um yeah. yeah, basically, I just I'm just shocked because you know, like uh, when you watch um, like programs of American prisons, and it's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like my sentence is 354 years, yeah, like, something wild like that. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that he only got five
1: measly years. I think it also depends on where they are as well different states i have a feeling i'm not american so i don't know
0: oh oh, don't
1: ask me about american geography i don't know anything about i don't
0: know the difference between where texas is to where
1: pennsylvania is to where yeah where are those places
0: indianapolis
1: where are all those places i don't know um in the sea in the sea under the sea under Under the the sea. sea Down here it, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Wouldn't oh, we just... <laughs> <laughs> we really went off course. Okay, oh, so we're so sorry. So, but as soon as Ken Kenneth Parnell was out of prison after five years, he went back to doing what he was doing, and he was procu- and he procured another child to abuse. And It was only this time that he was caught and sent to prison again. Where he died in 2008. Oh, good. But it could have been stopped sooner if they had extended his sentence. I didn't this let is, him out after this five
0: is years. What I mean, like when it comes to sex offences, yeah. I just don't have time for those people. No, and I don't think that
1: the rehabilitation it, of offenders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but specifically... Because you planned that. You planned that in advance.
0: Exactly. And it's not something that's like, oh, like... It was an accident. It was an accident, or I didn't mean to do it, or it was self-defence, or anything. Like no, nothing. You it's not. You can't use any of these, these excuses. No.
1: Then what in hell is that? How in hell is that a self-defence? It's not a self-defence tactic. It's just disgusting behaviour. Yeah. It's just horrifying. It's exactly. horrific. I just don't believe that... No, five years was long enough No, yeah. and it clearly wasn't because was... he went back to doing what he was doing anyway Fucking can
0: so... do it again yeah like, for christ's sake
1: exactly okay so when stephen was grappling with his life after his imprisonment his brother had his own set of troubles after secondary school or high school he seemed lost as if he didn't know where he was going he was known to take refuge in nearby yosemite where he would drive up and get lost in nature saying Stainer's fame was, was short lived. He grew up, got married, and had kids. And he was known by his wife as very proud and very grounded. Unfortunately, he was killed in a motorcycle accident in 1989. No! He was only 24. Oh. Oh, he had such a sad life. He did. It's nice to know he got a bit of peace when he got married and he had his kids. But again, it was so short lived. It's tragically that
0: short-lived. Is, that is really sad.
1: That's really, really, sad. really sad. It is really sad. Then, and shortly after Stephen's death, an uncle with whom Carrie was close to was shot and killed in a home that they shared together. Oh, and that's the, rough. It is very rough. And the case was never solved. And by this point, Carrie was suffering mentally. He had nervous breakdowns, one of which was violence. He would kind of state all of these things where he would say uh, he feels like jumping in a truck, driving it through the shop, and killing the boss and killing everybody in the office and then torching the place. I mean, there's anger and then there's that, yeah, like there's rational anger, mm-hmm. where you might shout or scream,
0: yeah, or maybe
1: smash a plate,
0: yeah. But
1: that is yeah. an irrational outburst. Threatening other people's lives and basically kind of using murder as a sort of outlet, it is a red flag. And we need to stop waiting to see how red the flag gets. <laughs> okay. Yes. That is so, definitely a quote that we need to hand over to uh, the general justice system. Yeah, we need to stop
0: waiting to
1: see how, how red the, the flag, flag gets. gets. We really do. Oh Please. that's the title.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. The title.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Friends and co-workers would say later that he struggled with impulses he didn't understand and he was susceptible to fits of rage. This was very shocking behaviour and he was encouraged to seek mental health. But he didn't. He ended up taking refuge in Yosemite instead. So this behaviour it wasn't looked into. It's almost as if he thought it was there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know. But obviously that there was so much wrong with it. Yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. So much wrong with it. So he got a new job as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge in 1997 Ooh, the year before we were born. <laughs> <laughs> and was per- which was perfect for him as it gave him access to his beloved Yosemite. And this is where he would ruin the lives of four women and their families. Saylor had been at Cedar College for two years. On the night after Valentine's Day, 1999, he knocked on the door of room 509, saying he needed to make a plumbing repair. However, what the guests didn't know is that Carrie had been laid off for the winter season and was not actually at work. Oh dear. The guests, Carol Sund, her teenage daughter Julie, and their friend Sylvina Peloso, were sexually assaulted and strangled. The bodies of Carol and Sylvina, were found in their rental car a month later, about 50 miles away. And investigators, alerted by an anonymous letter that Carrie said he wrote, found Julie's body near a reservoir. Her throat had been slashed. His final victim was five months later. The community surrounding Yosemite lulled in a false sense of calmness and security. Especially when the FBI had announced that those they believed were responsible for the murders were in custody. But they'd got the wrong men. So you've got people kind of thinking, you know what, it's fine. They've got the right guys. We can just continue living our life now. So July 21st, 1999, Dana saw Joey Armstrong, a 26-year-old naturalist at Yosemite, who taught children about nature in the park. Something changed in him, and he was described as getting the urge to kill again. Her friends reported her missing, and police found signs of a struggle at her cabin, half a mile away. Sorry, and half a mile away, they found her body. Her severed head was found several feet away in the water. Oh. So he didn't just kill her, he completely severed her head. He fully, like,
0: mutilated her body. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's brutal, and it quickly these brutal killings became related and the police brought Stainer into questioning due to him leaving a substantial amount of evidence in and around Armstrong's cottage. He confessed to murdering Joey Armstrong, describing the brutal killing as if he was li- reading a soup label. That sort of nonchalance, that sort of very stoic, monosyllabic sort of voice, you know, as if he just didn't even feel guilty at all. So messed up. Uh huh. Soon after, he confessed to murdering Carol Sund, Julie Sund, and Sylvania Pelosa. He also told the police that he started imagining killing women and girls when he was just six or seven years old. Oh, God. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like, Mm mm-hmm. I don't even think I remember
0: being able to imagine that being a possibility when I was six or seven. No.
1: Like, killing people. No. It, it's that thing. I was never exposed to something like that when I was younger. And it makes you wonder, was he exposed to something like that? Yeah, and how? Yeah. And
0: why? Yeah. Or does that tie into his brother's disappearance?
1: Exactly. But then that's where you need to think of the time, like, how old was Carrie? Because he's meant to be four years difference. And um, so, Stephen was seven. Yeah. Exactly, so I don't think it is. Mm. That's if it's even the truth. Yeah. If what he's saying is even true. So, whilst confessing and in custody, Carrie said he wanted producers in Los Angeles, he wanted a movie of the week made about his story, there was a movie made about Steven Stainer and he wanted the same treatment. He wanted the world to know his name. There's that sibling
0: rivalry again. Yeah. Even puts, though it's over something really messed up.
1: It's egotistic. Yeah. He wants people to know, this is what I did. This is what I'm capable of. Listen to me, look at me. It's a power power play mm. here. Look at all this attention you've given to my brother. I want all the attention. I'm going to garner it. This is how I'm going to use it. You know, he wants, he almost wants to be put on a pedestal. almost admired. It's
0: like he's trying to one up his brother, but in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. So his brother was the victim. Mm-hmm. Whereas... He is the murderer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Some people find it difficult to associate one problem with the other. So, like, when I was researching this, that since they're both so different, Google won't put their names together. They won't put Carrie Stainer and Stephen Stainer in kind of the same search, because they're like, oh, no, these are completely different people, you know? Well, you'd think so with how different they turned out. Yeah. So, Carrie Stainer is now 57 years old. He was sentenced to death in 2002, and he remains on death. Bro. yeah imagine being the parents oh i would be horror that's the thing a lot that's kind of always the thing i think about imagine being the parents of some of something like that and having those two children and what happened to them it's just something you don't you can't even conceive. it doesn't even feel real does it well that's just yeah yeah, that that's definitely not the kind of trauma
0: you would imagine having in your life. No, like, definitely not. Two kids, one gets kidnapped and abused
1: and manipulated, yeah. and then the other one does the, does the kidnapping abusing and the
0: abusing, and then yeah.
1: like oh, and it just makes you wonder. Uh, were was it was Carrie, wasn't it? Yeah, was Carrie um born evil? Was he born capable to do this, or was it bred? Because environment or genetic, yeah, exactly. Because then it makes you wonder, he said he had such a lovely childhood, but because of the egotism here, what do we know is true and what do we know is fake? You know, uh, it's
0: uh, yeah, that's difficult because that's something that we're probably never going to be able to find out.
1: No, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not interviewing him in prison, absolutely
0: not. I no. don't fancy
1: it, and also, I don't want to give him a pedestal, I don't want to give him a platform to basically discuss all of these things. No, because he would he would use that. That, No that would be just be
0: another thing to add to his ego.
1: Yeah. It'd be giving him what he wanted. And really we should really be thinking about the families of the victims. The sons, the PLOCs. Yeah, you gotta think about the victims and of the girls he murdered and Yeah yeah that's what you've got to think about because they are the important people in this kind of story yeah they're the ones that matter here so mm. well, that's my story your turn that was messed up, You're
0: um, welcome. Messed up. <laughs> that was a very interesting story for this week
1: thank you very much um
0: i'm taking mine in a bit of a different direction
1: okay i'm ready kind it of, of me. true
0: crime with a paranormal twist
1: Ooh, my favorite cocktail What was that? Ghost. That was probably the shadow. It was probably the shadow. He hangs about. (laughs) He does. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. right.
0: So my story this week (laughs) is who put Bella in the Witch Elm. Oh my god. You know this one, don't you? This story so (laughs) much. It's a good one. It's a good one. I must admit, I only read about this quite recently. And I'm kind of shocked about it because this this is like perfect. Horror movie material, material, I think. Someone, some yeah. director out there, I would have expected to have taken this story yeah. and made it into an awful horror
1: film. I mean, maybe they have, but we just haven't noticed. I just maybe. don't want them to ruin it,
0: though, because it's such a
1: cool story. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what I mean. It's like when we were talking about the nun earlier and the fact that that's just like oh. great concept and they ruined it completely.
1: Right. Tell me more, tell me more. Tell me more, tell me more. Like, did he have a car? Tell me more, tell me more. Did you get very far? Uh-huh. 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 Grace is a bit rapey, isn't it? It's just a bit, yeah. On April <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh I'm <geez>. sorry. Okay, <laughs> right.
0: So once upon a time on the eighteenth of April in nineteen forty three, four local boys, they were poaching or bird nesting you Know it was probably poaching, but okay, we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, in Hagley Wood, um, which is part of Hagley Estate belonging to uh Lord Cobham, hmm. um, near Witchbury Hill, they came across a large witch elm, which is a type of tree, it's a big ass tree basically. Um, but which being spelt W Y C H, um, Ooh. thinking the location to be a particularly good place to hunt for birds' nests. No, just that, this isn't relevant at all. I'm just like. Hunt. These boys. They were poaching. They were poaching. <laughs> <laughs> they were poaching. So, thinking this to be a particularly good place to hunt birds' nests, um, one of the boys attempted to climb this large witch elm okay. to investigate it, but as he climbed, he glanced down into the hollow trunk and discovered a skull. Ooh! Inside <laughs> creepy noises. At uh, first, he believed it to be that of an animal, but after
1: seeing human hair and teeth. Because they don't decay, do they? No,
0: they don't. And also, human teeth are quite distinctive. That, yeah. To uh, like animal teeth. Yeah. Uh, he realised that he had found a human
1: skull. Oh, God, imagine being those kids. Yeah. Pretty. Uh yeah. terrifying when you're a kid to find a human skull god it's like mick and gavin and stacy you don't expect to see a dead body first thing in the morning <laughs> it's just not what you expect when you're coming to work in the morning it's just not what you expect when you go to poach in the morning
0: <laughs> so oh also they were on this land illegally so uh, this boy that found the skull put it back and they all went home and they didn't mention it to anybody because they felt As we've just said, pretty, pretty uncomfortable around the whole, uh, discovery.
1: Um,
0: However, on returning home, the youngest of the boys felt uneasy about what he had witnessed and decided to report the find to his parents. Thank God, because how
1: awkward for someone else who would have kind of discovered it afterwards.
0: I just, it makes me wonder how much longer it would have taken
1: for that, that skeleton to be discovered. That's true, because who else is going to go poach birds nests? (laughs) Was trespassing on
0: on land. Um, So obviously, the parents then reported the incident to the police, and when they checked the chunk of the tree. They found an almost complete skeleton with a shoe, a gold wedding ring, and some fragments of clothing. Oh,
1: God. The skull was
0: valuable evidence because it still had tufts of hair and a clear dental pattern, despite some missing teeth. Mm-hmm. After further investigation, the remains of a hand were found some distance from the tree, so completely separate from the rest of the skeleton. What was that hand doing? We'll get to that. Oh! Yeah. Okay. So the body was sent for forensic examination. Um, Professor James Webster, who was the one who examined the body, quickly established that it was female and she had been dead for at least 18 months, wow.
1: which placed the time of death
0: on or in or before October
1: 1941. Okay, so we're in the middle of, World War Two. is just finished, has not it? In 1941 and 1942.
0: Oh, 18 months from 1941, still, still, in, World War, still in World War. We're still in World War II. 1943. Yeah, okay. Um. So, okay. obviously, because we're in World War II, a lot of people are going missing. There's a lot of, like,
1: people being reported missing. Yeah. And that made
0: it really difficult to try and establish who she was.
1: And on a, Yeah, exactly. And also, when did DNA
0: come about?
1: Yeah, a, yeah, it, yeah
0: it, it probably wasn't the best
1: time. So does it make you so angry? All these cold cases that could have been solved if DNA yeah. was a thing? Yeah.
0: It I makes be so angry. I think about that
1: with Jack the Ripper a lot. Yeah.
0: I'm really, like, I think I will die very unhappily because I know that we'll never find out who
1: Jennifer yeah. actually really truly really was awesome. Yeah But then you've got the Golden State Killer who was kind of finally, 2018, finally discovered mm. due to DNA and he was just, he was a police officer and everything, but that's a different
0: episode Okay, so, <laughs> Professor James Webster also discovered a section of taffeta in her mouth suggesting that she had died from suffocation Okay which is kind of sad, really. That is kind of sad. Um, that is a
1: violent end. Bloody hell. Yeah. From the
0: measurement of the trunk in which the body had been discovered, he also deduced that it must have been placed there still warm. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, because otherwise, rigor mortis would have taken hold. Yeah. So, with rigor mortis, doesn't the body like swell? You just stiffen up. You basically, oh. like, you die,
0: everything just becomes very stiff because everything stops working. Like, oh, yeah, there's no like blood pumping around your body. Your muscles just like. Ugh, pretty oh, pretty much. Oh god, that's horrible. So the idea is that she either died in the tree or she was killed and then put there straight away.
1: I mean how horrifying that she was stuffed into a tree. She was gagged. There was no way of getting out. All she could do was just kind of scream and cry and just stay there till she died because no one was looking for her. You made this worse. Oh sorry. <laughs> I'm known to do that. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Oh my well, god. I'm
0: gonna be thinking about
1: that tonight.
0: Oh, sorry! Um <laughs> oh dear. So police could tell from the items found with the body that the woman had looked what the woman had looked like, but with so many people reported missing during the Second World War, records were too vast for proper identification. Of course. Yeah. As I said. Yeah. Um they cross referenced these details with reports of missing persons throughout the region, but none of them seemed to match the evidence and they contacted dentists all over the country, since the dentistry was quite
1: distinctive. But, yeah. again, not much came Nothing. for it. Again, because it makes you wonder, are oh, were the files accurately kept anyway? Yeah.
0: Because, you know, people
1: weren't worried about things like
0: that in World War II. No, people were are, worried people are dying for all the, the time. People were bombing
1: my house. Yeah, exactly. Know, which, that that's kind of understandable. Yeah, isn't? it's not ideal, is it?
0: It's an ideal. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. ideal situation. It's not an ideal time to go missing, either. No. And this is where it gets. So Ooh. in 1944 a graffiti message related to the mystery appeared on a wall in Upper Dean Street Birmingham Birmingham who put that in the witch oh, hagley, hagley wood this provided investigators with several new leads for tracing who the victim could have been other messages in the same hand appeared too since at least the 70s similar graffiti sporadically appeared on the hagley uh, uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> Yeah. near to where the woman's body was discovered which asked the slightly modified who found yeah. in the witch with the spelling w-i-t-c-h oh wow so I mean the more recent graffiti messages could just be people playing on the story
1: oh completely you have wow. like copycats all the time yeah. just for someone to get clout yeah, you know pretty much but I'd the, look look the your message yeah that okay. is crazy but then it also I find it quite restrictive because yeah it opens up an avenue of who if this person is called Bella and who it could be, what if it's not called Bella? What if they're not called Bella in the first place? Exactly, yeah, you know,
0: so it can take you on two
1: completely different
0: roads, yeah, depending on how you look at it. Exactly, and so this is where the theories come in. Oh, mm-hmm. so one possible victim was reported to the police in 1944 by a Birmingham sex worker. In the report, she stated that another sex worker called Bella who mm-hmm. worked on the Hagley Road, had disappeared about three years previously, which matches up with the
1: time it period. It does match up with the time
0: period. The mm-hmm. name Bella, or Lou Bella, suggested the graffiti writer was probably aware of the, the identity of the victim, which and
1: is why the graffiti is freaky. And who's going to be looking for a sex worker? Exactly, especially in the 40s. No, no one's going to be looking for a sex worker. Mm-hmm. At no, all. which is really fucking sad. It is really sad. A second possibility
0: came from the statement made to the police in 1953 by Una Mossop. Ooh, what a name! Wolf, what a name. In which she said that her ex-husband, Jack Mossop, had confessed to family members that he and a Dutchman called Van Rolt had put the woman in the tree. What? Mossop and Van Rolt met for a drink at the,
1: I don't know how to say that. Lillerton? Lillerton Arms, which is a pub. A pub in um, Hagley. Pub in Hagley. Uh, later that night Mossop said the woman became drunk passed
0: out whilst they were driving the men mm-hmm. put her in a hollow tree in the woods in the hope that in the morning she would wake up and be
1: frightened into seeing the error of her ways that fucks me off because if n- why why why, why? Wanna... Yeah. like why do men think oh yeah let's scare this woman into stop doing her into stopping her shit yeah. We're powerful enough that we're just going to frighten her. We're not going to traumatise her. It's going to be fine. And people are just going to agree with what we're doing. And it's like, no. So no. confesses that to their family. I know. How well. awkward. That's what makes me think that's not them. That's not a thing you bring up at the family dinner. Oh, yes. How was your day? So I put a woman in a tree. Pass me the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I <didn't laughs> <not> laugh. <laughs> That should me the time of this episode. I, I put, put a, a woman in a, a tree, tree. Pass, pass me the, the bread. bread. <laughs> I like that one. We're going to be awful if we ever had like a meal together. Oh like, my god, pass me the bread, <laughs> the bread. Jesus Christ.
0: Jesus. Oh dear. But, you know, Jack Mossop was confined to a Stafford mental hospital because he had recurring dreams of a woman staring out at him from a tree. Oh, dear. He also died in this hospital before the body in the witch was found. Oh. Which does, again, bring it back again. It's like a boomerang. On one hand, it, it seems unlikely that, A, he would admit this to his family. Yeah. B, the, that's just something that he would do.
1: But then it's like... It's very coincidental that he had dreams about this Woman from a tree. Yeah, it, it's a bit. It makes you wonder: is there a folklore about women in the tree? It's, it's possibility, especially for like yeah. small, small like areas. Yeah, it's like potentially. Higley. Yeah, I don't know anything about Hagley, but I mean, I know it's near Worcester. And it's near Birmingham, to be fair. Oh, it's probably smack back in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We should. What Birmingham, Hagley? Hag- okay, <laughs> so you don't want to go Brom? Bloody hell! No, I've been there.
0: Another theory, uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. I don't know whether it's just genuinely just doesn't seem very realistic or I just don't like it because I'm fussy. But. Okay. Uh, this comes from an MI5 declassified file about Joseph Jacobs, the last man to be put to death in the Tower of London
1: on the 15th of August 1941. The day before my birthday! What a treat! <laughs> Happy birthday! Thank you! Borel?
0: Borel? 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 I'm I'm so sorry if I've offended anybody out there. I'm I suck.
1: She doesn't know how to speak. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, Jacob
0: said that she was being trained as a spy and that had he made contact, she might have been sent over to England after him. However, there is no evidence that Clara was parachuted into England, and several witnesses described that Clara was around six foot tall mm-hmm. whilst Bella was five foot. But... Right. Uh, in September uh, September 2016 it was determined that Clara had died in Berlin on the 16th of December 1942
1: so this theory isn't even a theory really like it is and it isn't I
0: think for a little while people there were certain people that thought maybe this woman was Clara but if she died in Berlin yeah, it can't be possible it can't be possible
1: she can't be in two places at once yeah it's a bit
0: of a rubbish theory that one just a bit um but my favorite theory
1: i mm-hmm. I'm ready
0: is witchcraft. Yes. So in 1945 <laughs> Margaret Murray an anthropologist and archaeologist at the University of College in London proposed that because she believed that the severing of one hand was consistent with a ritual called the Hand of Glory. Oh, okay. So you when the like
1: it, criminals when uh criminals wow. Yep. When, you know, criminals <laughs> weren't criminals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> weren't criminals. Yes, yeah. so uh,
0: criminals, they would have their hands severed after they have been hanged. I think it was that way around. Really? Let me double check this because I know it's a thing. Well, a hand of glory is the dried and pickled hand of a hanged man, often specified as being the left hand, or if the person was hanged for murder, the hand
1: of the. That did the deed. The, the, the left hand's the devil's hand. Yes, yeah. so that works. Yeah, so.
0: Because. Bella, let's call her,
1: yeah.
0: her hand was found separate from the rest of her skeleton. Okay. There is a theory that...
1: For what hand?
0: Oh. Might have to double check that. Let's have a little sneaky peek. The reins of her hand, it just says a hand.
1: I think it was just specify what hand. So okay. It what hand. So there's a loophole. There is a loophole.
0: We don't know which hand they found. It just says a hand. A hand. But, okay. Yeah, so the theory is that she was killed by local gypsies during Mm. an occult ritual.
1: See, that sounds like the most logical one. I know it's the most illogical one, but then what's that theory called? Occam's razor. Um, Occam's razor. It's type it in for me. I'm pretty sure I don't have a bloody clue. Occam's razor is like the most Mm. obvious theory is the correct one. So. A c c a m s. There we go. Occam's razor. Okay, scientific
0: and philosophical rule that an entity should not be multiplied. Yeah, so the simplest theory
1: is the correct one. Maybe the simplest theory is witchcraft. I think it's possible or an occult because you've got all these cult rituals, you know, and
0: I just don't get the hand. that's that's what makes it the most complicated because
1: personally. Yeah.
0: If the hand wasn't involved, I would say the sex worker.
1: Oh yeah, I would oh, say that she was
0: just uh, she was a murdered sex worker.
1: Yeah, which makes sense. And who's going to be keeping track of sex workers? But it's the hand. It's the hand that is the elephant in the room.
0: It is the elephant in the room. That's yeah. what makes it confusing. Yeah, and that is my favorite theory.
1: Yeah, it makes the most sense to me. The fact that it's witchcraft and it's like an occult sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. of because of the hand. But, like you said, there is a loophole because it doesn't specify which hands they found.
1: Can they not tell their left and their right? Maybe that makes Clearly
0: sense. the police couldn't <laughs> be bothered to write down left or right. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but they never found out who she was. It's it's a mystery to this day.
1: That's we so still don't know sad. who she is, but the, that graffiti
0: keeps popping up. Hooper Bella in the witch
1: arm. Oh, I wonder if there's a way they could reopen the case. Oh, maybe with we the, could just. Uh, with the new technology, is there any way they could be able to reopen the case? That's what I want to know. I would love to know because I don't. I don't
0: know what they did with the remains. Like they must have just kept them. Yeah, they must have done. Don't, it doesn't say anything about if she was buried, like or what. Well, that's they a kept good point. Let's them. have a look. Let's have a sneaky research.
1: Oh, I, I think there's a facial reconstruction. There was something oh. about facial reconstruction. Let's Have a look. Whoa! That's oh, I don't like. That. I don't like that. Oh. You liked it so. You didn't like <laughs> it so much. Wow. Um, okay, so her teeth were definitely okay. I what they mean by um, they were the specific dental structure. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see what they mean. But then, um, where is Bella now? Like, like that was So the that's skull the skull. Found. Holy shit! Skull's whereabouts are now not known. What? How do you just lose a I skull? It's a, it's a fucking skeleton, Jesus! What do you mean it's not known? Oh, that sounds like an inside job to me. That does sound like an inside job. Something the about covering up. So would they have? That does sound weird that you can't find the skull anymore. How do you lo- lose a skull? How do you? How does it just not lose known? evidence? I don't get it. So this is the forties reconstruction of who she was. Okay, yeah, what that idea. makes sense. Okay. That's the witch elm. Jesus, though. that's terrifying. do you see they
0: call witch Yeah, elves. bloody hell. And then again with the graffiti. But I wanna know how you just lose track of a skull
1: like that. So par- I wanna know eat what how? That just seems too convenient. This seems like a story Perhaps the people in Hagley know the truth to. Or know oh. the truth to. Oh, and that's a good idea. Someone. Well, like a bit like a hot fuzz sort of job.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm
1: thinking. Yeah.
0: It's like they all know, but they yeah. don't want it to get out. So they've managed to convince the police to dispose of the skull somehow. And then Oh some, maybe. But someone has like spread the message out there who put Bella and the Witch on because they don't quite agree mm-hmm. with it, but they don't wanna
1: out themselves as not agreeing with it. That's, this is the kind of oh, weird. It's it's almost too convenient. I don't like this. <sighs> Who owns Hagley Wood? Uh, Lord, someone. Oh, like, okay. Lord, someone did own it. I don't know. Hagley Wood. No, nothing. Who killed Dominic in the Witch Elm? Oh, fuck off! Fucking Dominic. Oh, okay, no, it's a book. <laughs> 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 I was like, what? Unraveling the mystery of the skull. I don't understand how the skull can just go missing. And that's
0: all it says as well. This article literally just
1: said the skull's oh. whereabouts are now not known, a spokesperson admitted. Yeah. Who is this spokesperson? Who are they? I don't believe them. I mean. Well, I hate to say it, but
0: that that's all I have for this story. It's unsolved. It is completely unsolved. A complete mystery. There is absolutely no leads on who this woman was, just guesses. And like you said in the beginning, we don't even really know if her name is Bella.
1: No. We don't know if this. I think witchcraft. It was the witches. I think witchcraft as well. It was the witches. Yeah. So. It was the witches. It was the witches. So, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And yeah, we are back. Finally. Finally. It's been okay. a long time 14 coming. Months. 14 months. So, um, let us know what you guys think. Please follow us on our social medias, they will be in our description of the actual episode. Yep. Um, join us, join in on the fun. And if you want to send us an email, also do that too. We would love to hear from you. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.